Hello, hello, everyone. We'll just be kicking off in a second, just waiting for Mera. Um, let me ping her in. So today we're going to be covering um, the future of work. Super excited for that. So first of all, welcome to the Human Behavior Show, a new podcast here on Colin that we've started. I'm super excited to have very interesting people and founders here. Um, and I'm looking forward to bringing a lot of the audience over as well with Clubhouse as we kind of kick this off. So I see Homera here, um, who's our guest today. Um, so I'm going to invite her up and we'll be kicking off. So guys, um, do be sure to kind of subscribe to the Human Behavior Show. Um, we look forward to feedback from the listeners as well as we get started. And we did an intro episode and this is officially kind of our first episode. And I'm live with one of my uh, co-hosts, Homera Khan, founder of Walsey. She's super into tech. You probably follow her tweet. You should follow her tweets. She tweets a lot about where the tech industry is going and what the future would look like. So, hey, Homera, I'm happy to have you here today. Hey, what's up? I was actually listening to the other, like one of your other, I think your last um, call. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I literally thought I was in the room. So I'm like trying to talk back to you when it was like a recording. Oh. Um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's doing well. <laughs> I'm doing well. No, good to see that you're here. And uh, we've done a lot of stuff on uh, Clubhouse together. And even we did, we started with those IGTV videos. <laughs> Do you remember? Probably two years ago, we just... Talk about tech. I think that was like before Clubhouse even happened. That was pre pre Clubhouse, guys. That was us, Hamara and I, just passionate about tech on Instagram because on Twitter, tech works, right? I mean, we're both Twitter on um, Instagram. It's a, it's a bit different. Yeah, exactly. That was like, I feel like Twitter is like, as everyone's calling it now, it's like the town global town hall or whatever, and like Clubhouse was like the little. It was kind of like a town hall, both like audio, but now I feel like everyone's like back to text. But I, I like the idea of Collins because you can like go back to it. Cause I think that was a problem with, with Club. It wasn't a problem with Clubhouse. Exactly. Like, like Clubhouse is good for like live talking and stuff. Yeah. But this one, you can have live people. We see Aram in the room as well. So guys in the audience, we can, you can come and ask questions, ask Homera about her story as well. We kind of go into it. This will be a half an hour show. Um, but Homera, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Tell us about your background, where you worked and what you're doing now. And then we'll kind of get deeper into that. Yeah. So, um, I am an avid tweeter. <laughs> I haven't been tweeting a lot. It really depends. Like sometimes I'll just like tweet like nonstop. So I've been, you know, using it for like over 10 years, but I've been in the tech game also for like almost 10 years or whatever, but I'm um, studying finance in New York, been working in the New York tech scene um, and then started consulting with some guys in Qatar, like helping them build one of their projects. And that was my intro to the Middle East. So I was kind of working in the Middle East um, with some of the startups there. And like, I luckily went right before the pandemic. And that's like kind of how the tech scene was blowing up over there with like new deals in terms of um, like new funds being opened, the government investing a lot into tech and um, the tech scene and bringing talent over there. So it's still ongoing, but it's just, kind of like a huge wave over there. So it's a good spot to be. So I've been in tech for a while. I was in like the recruiting tech space, worked at a company called Vettery, which is now hired. Um, they exited two years later. These It was started by like some hedge fund guys who now also, um, you know, IPO'd their autonomous aircraft company. So anyone in tech there, it's like, it doesn't really matter what space you're in. <laughs> Almost it's like, you just kind of like 
want to keep building stuff. So from recruiting to autonomous aircraft to whatever you want to be in at the time, the current thing as like, um, you know, Mark Andreessen and all those guys are kind of saying like, whatever's the current thing, <laughs> like whatever goes on. So yeah, I've been in that. So I'm still kind of in the recruiting tech space, but doing like remote tech hiring um, and kind of dabbling into like Web3 hiring because the high idea of like remote hiring I did before the pandemic even started. And it kind of aligns with how Web3 hiring would be where you kind of get rid of these like antiquated styles of hiring people with like resumes and just thousands of people applying and one person getting the job. Um, so I think like Web3 is giving a really good opportunity to change that. So yeah, I'm like kind of like, so I have my Web2 products, it's there, it's, you know, and it's funded. So I had to kind of keep that around. <laughs> um, but like transition, not transitioning, but like still have the open Web3 stuff that we're working on, which is kind of like an R&D DAO that we started. And the DAO is not only is it Web3 recruiting in itself, but because it's more research and development, what we're doing is launching several projects in the Web3 recruiting space um, because it's still so early that like nobody really knows what an ideal business model would look like um, in the Web3 recruiting space. And that's for like anyone that's on like the hiring side of it. Um, but we will launch some products that's more for people that are like on the talent side of it as well. So that's pretty cool. So you started off with a lot of tech experience and then you, you know, founded your own company. So why don't you tell us, um, actually, first of all, what, can you live tweet this in this room? Cause, um, oh, yeah. how do I do it? So, Hold on. I think there's an option at the top. If you oh, yeah, live tweet. Is a soundboard? What is this? Okay. Tweet. I saw yeah, something tweet. before. Oh shoot. I just messed it up. <laughs> I got an option to tweet. So if we get tweet, um, and I guess that's, that's good about calling. You can do it in the room. But um, yeah, if we kind of start off to what led you to become a founder, I mean, making that step from, you know, having working in tech and then, you know, just giving all that up and, and founding your own company, kind of what inspired you to do that? Um, so I've always wanted to start my own company. That was the reason I was in tech, but I really wanted to like learn by like joining early stage startups. So that was like a very intentional way that I went about it. So I wanted to join a team with like, around 10, less than 10, maybe like less than 20 people, like very early stage, like maybe less than series A type of company and kind of build from the ground up. Um, so I luckily found a company and it's still very risky because most of those companies don't end up succeeding. <laughs> so it's like very hard because, you know, obviously startups are very hard to do. Um, but luckily these guys just seem very smart because I didn't think about being in the recruiting tech space at the time. Um, it didn't seem like the hottest place to be in, but these guys obviously knew what they were doing. They were hedge fund dudes also. <laughs> and I was like, they can't, you know, they can't mess up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought that would be a good place to learn. And it was, they're very transparent throughout the whole process of like hiring, funding, everything. And then I just worked for a few companies after that. And I just thought it was time for me to, to start my own. Like at that point I was just like unemployable. Like I would work at place for like two, three months and be like, I can't, like I just knew I, it was time to start my own thing yeah being an entrepreneur is like so different and uh i guess you feel a lot more autonomous and once you get that you know entrepreneur that that drive it's so hard to kind of work for someone else right it's, yeah. it's kind of like an addiction it's, that's what you say it's like you're unemployable after like i can't see myself going and like working full-time now somewhere um like i work more as like by myself like as a founder you're working like like even right now it's like sunday Easter, I've been like trying to get to inbox zero somehow. It hasn't been working. Um, 
I'm actually going to like launch some stuff on product hunt, hopefully, or like oh, nice. stuff about product hunt. So I'm just like working. Yeah, yo. So like you're working 24 seven. I do kind of like, and I know like founders must envy people that work full time. Huh. It's like, we want to be founders, but it's like, you know, I envy people getting like a steady paycheck and working yeah. a certain amount of hours. Then you have the freedom to like, you know, hang out with friends. You don't have the stress. Like once you clock out, like that's it. You know, it's like, I envy it. <laughs> but at the same time, I can't. I can't do it either. Yeah, so. you're always working or traveling. There's two things. <laughs> like, Amara, where you're either working or traveling. Exactly. But I mean, it's enjoyable yeah. though. I mean, uh, since I'm I like in Amelie, it. I mean, even when I travel, yeah. it's like, I'm not like on a beach. It's yeah. Like, I go to <laughs> nice places and it's like, to me, it's fun. Like, I'm still sitting in a coffee shop where I like to travel for work. But um, yeah, it's fun. You get to meet all these people like all the time in different cities. Yeah. Networking is the best thing about entrepreneurship. You just get to meet so many cool people doing cool things. So your company is called Walze. Um, what made you choose that name? And what are the biggest challenges you've had kind of getting off the ground? So Walze, I don't know. I kind of like just want to come up with a URL quickly because I want to start building. And like, you know, obviously once we have an idea, I was just like, whatever, it doesn't matter about the name. Because I know even with Vettery, it was like a, when you tell people about, and it's like a B2B company. So like, it doesn't matter too much about branding. So I was like, whatever, as long as I got a .com for something, so I just Googled a bunch of stuff and like translated in Arabic. And for something at that time, I thought, well, Zabik was the word for Mercury, which is like the fastest element in the world. And I was all about space. I was like, oh, this is like the fastest hiring, even though it's not <laughs> the fastest hiring you can do. Um, because it's like, you know, all these tech hiring is a little bit trickier. But um, yeah, so I just like ran with Walze. I was like, Walze is available. I'm surprised a lot of people, I just thought it would be easy because it's spelled like W-A-L-Z-A-Y. But like a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> and i'm like how it's so obvious but obviously when it's your own thing <laughs> you don't realize that like other people might be confused because you're just so used to seeing it but um yeah that's like the name of it um the way that i mean i came and came to like the recruiting space and um, what were the challenges because i was like kind of already working in it what's that oh, sorry i think i think kind of, yeah so what were the challenges i mean there's just too many to list <laughs> every day it's like challenges even right now um like you know and it depends because like now you're in a global world so like you don't realize how much trickier it gets like it's easier to some degree because now you can hire people from anywhere you kind of have more of like a global market um everything's online and digital so you're like it's easy but then you have to remember that there's a lot of regulation in different places um even though i'm not a fintech company so i thought it would be much easier i'm like i'm just a recruiting company but anything from like data privacy laws where you can't email people a certain type of way you have to like include certain messages in your emails from state to state city to city um just like all things like that which makes it tricky um for like challenges setting up licenses if you're operating in different places um opening up bank accounts language stuff um so we're for hard and tech talent it's like some people not everyone speaks English and you kind of forget that <laughs> or like this is not their first language and then some people are hiring remote, but they're like, Oh, this person's accent is too hard to understand. It's like, well, why are you trying to hire remote then? So it's just like, there's challenges every day um, that you don't realize until you actually start um, and start actually like operating and building. And then, um, yeah, but to start like the off the ground, if you're, like, say you're just opening like a Delaware company, you just like register the company. So I think for anyone who's like thinking about it, it's like the starting is probably the biggest challenge. But for hiring in general, 
um, yeah, it's like there's a, there's a lot of companies that kind of help now with it, which is like a good thing. Now that we're going global, a lot of new companies and products are coming out to help with like your data private, like your data, like the data laws. Like if you just registered and you pay these companies like monthly fees, they kind of take care of everything for you. Even like the hiring and compliance and payrolls and stuff is can all be taken care of. So you can automate a lot of it. So Homero, what, what does the future work actually look like to you? What do you think is the future work? Is it remote? Is it on a beach? So the whole idea is like everything is about freedom, right? So like, you know, there's always debates of like whether work from home is better or work from the office is better. But the idea is not like one should be better than the other. The idea is like freedom, like, you know, the whole thing of like crypto, which I've been involved in for a long time is like, you know, it's like the sovereign individual. So like everyone has their own life, right? So it's like, I don't have a family or friends. <laughs> so I would rather just be in an office all day, right? Or like not even all day. Like I would rather just be there for like four hours to crank out Ruby tens work, come back home. Or like some days I won't go in and just like, you know, stay at home for morning to night. Some people have families, they have different schedules. So the whole idea is like, you have more freedom to kind of make your own hours as opposed to like a, a, a nine to five. There's actual like studies done where some people just biologically work better at night. Um, so instead of, um, where some work better at night, they're not being rewarded, even though their their outputs are probably way better. Um, but the future of work is of like um, individual making your own hours um and it's going to be more about outputs so it's all america you still hear me legal matters okay we got some good feedback there hello Mara, can you still hear me? Albert, can you still hear us? Give a thumbs up if you can. Okay, can you hear Homero? Okay, that's uh, that's checking. Yeah, okay, perfect. So, now. yeah, Homero, I can hear you again. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I think you cut off for like a second. So, uh, Albert really enjoyed kind of um, the challenges you covered and the language barrier and legal maths. It was super, super useful. Um, so, 
I guess from that, my question would be is, so the future of work, you said it's kind of about freedom, right? Um, are you seeing, so a lot of these companies are Twitter, um, a few others, I think Google asking workers to come back to work. Do you think that's going to stick? What do you think is the perfect work? Or is it different for everyone, like you said? Or do you think the hybrid model works best? So it's weird because we do have some companies that are hiring like hybrid roles, but then you still need the person to technically be in the same city, but then they're having hiring challenges, especially when they live in like, you know, not like a big city. Like, yeah, people like your companies in like more of, you know, rural area, but you need to hire like data scientists um, and they're facing challenges and they've been doing it the same way for like years. So it's really hard to try and explain to them until they have to like start you know, like hiring actual people and kind of seeing how they work. Um, a lot of the big companies are making people come back to the office. It's going to be interesting. And I think they won't have problems hiring it's like, you know, Facebook, Google, and they just pay people a lot of money. Um, but it's also just like, again, as more people start having freedom to kind of move around and work from other places, like maybe that's going to be a bigger factor. So what we're seeing is like some people are willing to take, take a pay cut. It's not about the money. It's more about like, they have to only work remote. Um, so it really depends. We're going to see like, you know, kind of like a shift. And I think they're going to be more flexible. Like the companies just gonna, are going to start having to be more flexible. But um, we're not seeing it like on a whole right now, but like more of the earlier to mid-sized companies are being more flexible. And that's just like a way to attract better talent. Um, so far for me, like I have, a, you know, everyone on Wallsy's team is working remote and I like it. <laughs> I do like working in the office too. I do think it's productive, but I feel like we haven't had any challenges so far with like remote working. So I agree. I love remote. <laughs> remote is the kind of the way I like to work and kind of structure my day. I can be flexible and do multiple things. So Amara, why do you tell the listeners what is Web 3.0 and why is all the buzz and hype around it all of a sudden? Um, so it does kind of go into this idea of like the sovereign individual. I kind of started with like crypto and disrupting the financial markets and kind of like having access to not only your own money um, and, you know, like this is like the freedom, it's like anti-government kind of movement is how it started. But then the idea was like even corporations, with this idea of like, you know, we're creating the content, but like, you know, for instance, like Zuckerberg is making billions of dollars, but we're creating all the content, right? So it's like putting kind of like the power back into the hands of the people. And like the idea was like decentralizing it. So you're kind of like owning your own schedule, your jobs, your money. Um, and uh, people say it's like, or it's like putting money back into the hands of creative, but it's not only like creatives or artists, like that is one part of it where it's like the artists are getting paid for their work, um, but it's also anybody now. So it's like anybody's game. So whether you're an economist or a lawyer, you can kind of like work on your own hours. Um, you're creating, you're you know able to join multiple companies. Um, it's just like decentralizing the idea of like putting, you know, the power more into like the hands of the people and like, you know, creating a system that works for you as a sovereign individual. Um, so that's kind of how it works. But like not to say that anything is like really truly decentralized at its current state because like everything's kind of being built out. Um, and that's why a lot of the debates are going on um, with like who really, you know, is it really decentralized? Um, but, you know, like for instance, if you have like a decentralized organization, like a DAO, um, none of them are really decentralized. Like even with mine, it's like, I'm still obviously the one that's like kind of figuring things out and like building the team and getting contributors and like motivating people. But like once we build out like some of the groundwork, 
or like the skeleton behind like how this should look like it's kind of like handing it off and then not really having to deal with it um in that sense of like being like you know ceo and running the company it's like letting the company letting the people do it themselves so like a lot of it has to do with like say tokens if i launch like a wall day token which we are going to launch was like figuring out what the tokenomics right so it's like people can have governing rights you can figure out like um how the company will shape out um they can get paid for their contributions and incentivized so the more output they have the more they would get paid for that output um which is like in the form of tokens so there's just like different aspects to it but the idea essentially is like freedom <laughs> for everyone and like removing hands from like a centralized power into like power for everyone and um people being able to control their own work or art or whatever it is so it's, so it seems like a lot more fair and with social tokens i mean i have my my dot coin that was given to me when i started the human behavior club on platform rally which is built on ethereum and the whole purpose was you know you of you reward people who help you out. So my shows, my co-mods, you know, incentivize audience members to come up and, you know, maybe purchase or transact in Dotcoin and kind of form a whole economy based on that. So Web3 seems like it's getting a lot of, I guess, attention and people are moving that way because of, as you said, it like democratizes everything, right? Makes it a lot more fairer and distributes um, wealth in a, in a better way. Um, so I know you were in Miami, um, for some tech stuff um was there like a lot of web3 nft hype can you tell us a bit more about nfts as well before we go back up to wallsy yeah um i feel like right now like the hub for <laughs> there shouldn't be a hub like the whole idea is like moving like centralized locations but like a lot of the young builders you know obviously when you want to get inspired like people building stuff you want to be like where everyone is because then you actually meet people um and at this stage for web3 it's so early that we do need all those ideas and like figure out how we can really like grow our ideas out and you need to like meet people that you can like kind of leverage for your own projects or whatever um so Miami and like New York have been kind of like deemed like the hubs um Dubai is like there for crypto I wouldn't say like NFTs they do have a big NFT scene there but like crypto is pretty big um Miami has always been doing a lot of stuff cuz the it really depends on the politics like obviously the mayor has been really open to like bitcoin and crypto and like their laws have been um you know obviously very favorable to that community so um yeah I was there I'm actually going to go again at the end of May <laughs> um the general tech people are out there as well but um yeah it's definitely a good place to be and there's going to be a ton of events but now there's like events all over so I know they have like some East Amsterdam event or Solana stuff happening there right now and then they're going to have a huge crypto event with FTX. <laughs> this is actually a funny one in Bahamas cuz I'll see like FTX oh, nice. headquartered in the Bahamas, but there's going to be people there like Bill Clinton and you know who is the the uh, Tony Blair like a bunch of people like that and like it was funny cuz they had like this picture up on Twitter like the FTX team like posted this is going to be like this FTX conference like Bill Clinton all the people on the island and everyone's like it just seems like a whole like Jeffrey Epstein type of situation like all these I mean like uh, I don't want to go and learn about crypto from like freaking Bill Clinton but 
uh, <laughs> it's just funny because like obviously you know they're like the older crowd but um yeah so that's good so they have like stuff all the time but like globally it's pretty interesting you kind of see the same people everywhere you go in the world now portugal's like lisbon is actually a really big hub too for crypto so if you go there at any time of the year you'll feel a lot but there's also a ton of events there for crypto um so yeah so there's like events like literally every month that you can't keep up so i would suggest like picking maybe like two three events max like really important ones or if they're in the same city it's convenient fine but like otherwise it was kind of burn out from like all the crypto events and ultimately you see the same people all the time so i'm actually due lisbon i'm actually going to lisbon maybe maybe next month so i'm definitely going to check that out and i absolutely loved miami miami was like so much fun and tomorrow remember that time you when, should come um, at the end of may yeah i'll try i'll try i mean i've been traveling so much this year i gotta um you know be on the road again but um that time when we were on Clubhouse and I think you tweeted Francis Suarez and he like followed you on Twitter and I quoted your tweet, right? And I was like, I'm looking to move as well. And then he like followed me on Twitter as well. And he was like, yeah. come to Miami, set base here. So he's a pretty cool kind of leader for Miami. Yeah, he's pretty accessible. Like if you go there too, he's always, especially with like crypto events, he'll always show up and do like some kind of, I don't know, like public ex- appearance or whatever. So like grab some pictures with him and he's like really like especially if you're like in the tech community he like wants to meet everyone he's like really friendly and like a cool dude so yeah <laughs> and that was funny Definitely. that's like when he just kind of started with he was just kind of like starting his whole like buzz of like tech at that time and now it's just like huge like he really killed the marketing like free marketing to like bring people to miami i mean a sleep a headquarters in Miami and they absolutely love it. Like I'm seeing more and more companies That's move crazy. there. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, it was definitely not the on vibe. Radar at all. Yeah, Miami was like not on anyone's radar at all for tech. Like it was always obviously Silicon Valley, which like no one wants to go to anymore because <laughs> of like the crime and the laws and everything. And New York is still like a cool place to be, but still like obviously like the regulation needs to be fixed. But like no one ever thought about Miami for like it was just like, always like a party scene, spring break, whatever. Like everyone goes to Miami, but like no one thought like the tech community is going to be in Miami. But now it's like literally my like I always go. It was usually between like New York and Silicon Valley for work, but now it's like New York and Miami. Like I never even think about like the West Coast. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's like that's like a big shift, isn't it? Uh, as that's happened. And um, Homera Albert did have a question. His question was. How do you structure meetings when your team is remote? Do you have set meetings that cover certain topics? So it depends. Like I did another call before about um, like asynchronous meetings and stuff, which, you know, could be effective, like depending how you structure. And there's a lot of tools, like obviously Notion's a popular one. Um, and then obviously there's like Slack and whatever else. And like with my team, for instance, like, you know, certain companies are really strict about like, not messaging after certain hours, like in certain countries, there's even laws where you can't like message after certain like work hours. But obviously when you're working in a whole different team, like if I have something come up, I message on Slack and it could be like 3am on their thing, but they know it's like turn off your notifications. I'm going to message. I don't expect, expect anyone to respond right away. So it's kind of like asynchronous. So by the time I wake up, I get a, I already have like a response because they've like been waking like up for a few hours. So I'm all for like asynchronous work. We do have like standups um, at certain times. And so for instance, like between New York and the Middle East, like 10 a.m. still kind of works for me, like for Eastern's uh, time. But then when, if I was like on the West Coast, it's very hard. I remember one time we had meetings 
um, we had like a team in Australia and we were in New York. So like the only time that would kind of work for everyone was like the Australian team had to wake up at like 5 a.m. their time. But it was like once a week. So for them, it wasn't that big of a deal, um, which I've been kind of doing. But I'm like the founder. So it's like if I need to wake up at 3 a.m. to take a call, I'll do it. But I don't expect other people to do that. Um, so that's why I'm all for the asynchronous life. I do do like their like our weekly standups, but we found a time that works for everyone. Um, so like if you need to do like a 6 or 7 p.m. once a week or once a month, um, it could work. But it really depends. So like what you do is kind of like map out everyone's times. Um, so that's what we're adding in Walsey. We do have the thing coming up on our next release. It's like time zone, um, not calculators, but like you can kind of hire people based on their time zone. So like, yeah, you don't have to worry about the same city, but like now you have this between like three hours forward or backward. Like people are pretty flexible on like three hours max, um, but you still open up a huge pool of talent because you're like obviously, you know, in a time zone instead of like a city. So that kind of helps a lot of companies. So now you don't have to worry about like figuring out if someone's going to be about three in the morning taking a call. Um, so I think for a lot of companies, if you have that, I see a lot of companies that are like, oh, we have like staff in over like 10 different company countries, which is okay. But for me, it's like, it would be hard if those 10 countries are not in the same time zone. You can do it very easily on like DEAL. So D-E-E-L, that's like a partner of Walze. Um, so they can onboard employees very easily. So if you hire someone, they'll do like the payroll compliance and everything. So they take care of that part. So it's not hard to hire people from like 50 different countries. It's just a matter of how you structure it. But it's really important to think about that from the beginning. Because once you hire everyone and then you start thinking about it after, it could start burning people out. So like I've already started thinking about like how it can be structured. Um, I try and do less meetings, to be honest. I don't know how I see some people on Zoom calls like, literally i'll be like around people in like a coffee shop and they have or i'll look at their calendar and like zoom calls from like morning to night i'm like how do you get things done like i'm not a zoom call person like if we can take care of it on email we can or message me on slack or send me a video of like what you want me to see or vice versa <laughs> um and we'll do like i'll do like a one hour once a week with my team like a stand up and that's it um and it kind of takes off the burden of like figuring out time zones and stuff so i would recommend just last meetings <laughs> if you can I just don't see a purpose. I don't see a purpose. And I don't think meetings should be like hours long. Like my stand-up is an hour, but that's because we review everything that needs to be done for the week. And then everyone just goes off on their own and just starts doing everything. Um, but other than that, I just don't see a purpose in like long meetings or meetings at all. I agree. That's actually <laughs> so really useful. Like that, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Death by meetings. That's actually really useful advice. And Albert raised another point where he said, um, there'll be a shift when people start using crypto in real life. It's not being used in real life in a lot of places right now. And uh, Hamara and I posted Hussein uh, Sejuani, the Dubai billionaire, a few, well, about a month ago. And he was like, he thought it was all a scam. And now he's completely converted to NFTs and crypto. He loves all of it, right? So it shows how people are are shifting, um, uh, which is good to see. So, Homera, we're coming to the end of this. So, I do want to ask you one or two last questions. So, A, what is the future of Walsey? How do you imagine that in five years' time? What do you want it to look like? And then B, similar, this is something I want to ask everyone who comes on the show. Is there anyone in tech or otherwise that you look up to or use someone as, you know, as inspiration? 
Um, anyone in sorry, what was the yeah, last question? anyone in tech that you look up to or otherwise that you look up to for inspiration, as well as the future of what's mm-hmm. name. I mean, obviously, I feel like everyone looks up to Elon Musk, but that's also because like I had a lot of hurdles at the beginning where people thought I was like this. You know, it was just like nobody really wanted to invest in solo entrepreneurs, like solo founders. Um, and it was all like, oh, you have to have co-founders. It was really hard for me to raise. And like, we would have funded you already. Like, and I could have traction. I had a lot of customers. I had, you know, revenue. I had whatever. But it was like, oh, you're solo. And it's like, for me, the reason I liked, or even Jack Dorsey or Elon Musk, it's like, these guys are running like 50 different companies. <laughs> so if they can do it, like, what's the problem of me running my little recruiting platform? Like, what's the problem? Um, so that's the reason, like, I always look at that. Like, if this guy can run, like, space companies he's building tunnels he has like trying to buy twitter now like <laughs> just like hundreds of companies or even jack dorsey where he was like you know obviously at one point the ceo of uh twitter um square and cash app and all these other things or now sorry block um it's like you know why can't you do that so that was like the main source of inspiration um i think that's it i even would say like yeah like the previous founders my last company they're just like hustlers they were, they were like first ones and last ones done all the time um so just uh i know everyone's like against this is the thing like my thing about people that like get so upset when somebody tries to sell like hustle porn or whatever like talking about like hustling <laughs> all the time you don't have to right like i and like i said we envy people that like have a job live a good life like you make a really high salary you can like fly first class you can live an amazing life right and like sometimes for entrepreneurs it's not necessarily about the money like yeah we all want to be rich of course that's like amazing <laughs> it'd be amazing to live a great life but like a lot of it is struggle and it's like that's fine if you can live an amazing life you don't have to work all those hours but if you want to be a successful entrepreneur i just don't see how you can work a few hours or like work regular hours and have a successful company unless you were just like already had a lot of money to start and you can just like throw all that money into a startup and hire a bunch of people but like even then to have a company that's very successful to like have people shift from other platforms to use your platform like any part of it is like i just don't see how mentally you can clock out at any time um as an entrepreneur but um yeah, so anyway, so the, I like the people that, any entrepreneur that like, like these guys who like work 24-7, <laughs> those are the ones I look up to for inspo because it's just like, it makes me feel better that like I'm not waste, I am kind of wasting my life, but like not wasting my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually really, really uh, good advice that um, you know, everyone has different kind of visions and missions as well. And look forward to kind of good luck with Waldsey. Um, the future looks bright. Look forward to kind of going from strength to strength and kind of really enjoyed doing this, <laughs> this uh, podcast. Uh, where can people follow you uh, as we round up? Yeah, check out um, Twitter. I guess it's the best place for any kind of tech stuff. So it's Humera. My name wins. You can like check me out there. Yeah, I love that name. Mara wins. Mara's always winning. <laughs> Thank you. Trying to. So right now I'm losing, but soon. <laughs> to winning. But Mara, thanks so much for coming on. Um, look forward to doing future ones as well. And thanks everyone who tuned in. Please subscribe to the Human Behavior Show, a new podcast we've launched from the Human Behavior Club over on Clubhouse. Um, and yeah, do do follow us um, and do share on social media. We'd love to kind of hear feedback from everyone. Um, appreciate it 
Um, and yeah, Homera, I'll catch you uh, soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for hosting. Yeah, take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye.